Welcome to The Baton, a John Williams musical journey. Join host Jeff Cummings as he takes you through the career of the illustrious film composer John Williams, starting with his debut in 1959 through more than 100 films in 60 years. And here's your host, Jeff Cummings. It's so good to be back with you on The Baton. When I finished the previous episode, the common belief was that John Williams was ending his legendary film career after writing 109 film scores and many more musical pieces not composed for the movies. The maestro had no film projects on the horizon after finishing the final film in the Star Wars saga in 2019, The Rise of Skywalker, and we were led to believe that meant retirement. But John Williams was not ready to retire. Steven Spielberg's next film was going to be an adaptation of the Broadway hit West Side Story, and that meant no new music from John Williams, or any composer for that matter, was needed. And since 2013, John Williams was sticking to doing Spielberg films, or those in the Star Wars universe. But John Williams had something he wanted to offer for West Side Story, just not original music. You might remember that John Williams was a pianist on the score for the 1960 film version of West Side Story and helped Spielberg with arranging the score by Leonard Bernstein and Stephen Sondheim for the 2021 version. Perhaps the biggest contribution Williams made to the project was suggesting that his protege, Gustavo Dudamel, the principal conductor of the Los Angeles Philharmonic Orchestra, would serve as the score's conductor for the New York scoring sessions. For his work, John Williams got credit on West Side Story as musical consultant. And in January 2020, one month before his 88th birthday, John Williams had a special gift to give his European fans, a two-day concert performance with the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra. It wasn't the first time that a concert of John Williams' music was performed by a European orchestra, but it was the first time that John Williams himself would be conducting an orchestra on the European continent. After all those years working with the London Symphony Orchestra recording his film scores in the 1970s and 1980s, it's a surprise that Williams never made the time to conduct a concert in Europe, and a lot of his fans were not happy about that. Many speculated that John Williams had no desire to get on an airplane as he got older, which was the theory why he didn't record the Star Wars sequel scores in London. But apparently Williams had no qualms about air travel and spent almost a week in Vienna before the concert. And what a concert it was. Now I wasn't able to go, but the reports from a few of the Baton's co-hosts were nothing but glowing. It was held at the famed Music Verin in Vienna, one of the world's best concert halls. And the sounds of Hedwig's theme, the theme from Jurassic Park, and the Imperial March filling the room must have been amazing. The concert was not just an item checked off Williams' list in terms of conducting concerts in Europe. It also marked the beginning of a new collaboration with violinist Anna Sophie Mutter, who had known Williams for many years through her marriage with Andre Previn. Previn and Mutter were married for four years, from 2002 to 2006, and after Previn died in 2019, Mutter and Williams rejuvenated their discussion that a long gestating violin concerto from Williams needed to be finished. But first, she had the task of taking some of Williams's great themes and transposing them to the violin. Hedwig's theme, for one, is not a melody you would normally hear on the violin.
I'm on the fence about this performance. Certain parts are beautiful, but I'm not sure it was entirely the right idea to transpose the theme to violin. It takes away some of the charm that the theme had when performed on the celeste or woodwinds. While we were in lockdown, Williams was glued to his piano, getting that violin concerto finished and ready to be performed whenever he was able to get in front of an orchestra again. He didn't have to wait too long. After returning to Europe to conduct music with the Berlin Philharmonic, a series of concerts that were finally released on CD and DVD five months later, Williams prepped his favorite group of musicians, the Boston Symphony Orchestra, for the world premiere of the Violin Concerto No. 2. It was held at Tanglewood on July 24, 2021. This meant we only had a span of 18 months without getting new John Williams music, and the wait was very much worth it for those lucky enough to snag a ticket to its world premiere. The rest of us were fortunate to hear it on CD in February 2022.
Like many of his concert works, the violin concerto does not sound like anything from his film scores, and that's why John Williams likes to turn to writing for the concert hall when he has the opportunity. This music you just heard might not fit in any conventional film, and the freedom Williams has to write without limits is definitely on display in this concerto. I hope you take the time to listen to the entire 35 minutes of this concerto. Now, around the time that John Williams was conducting the world premiere of Violin Concerto No. 2, Steven Spielberg announced that he had his next project ready to go. It would be a semi-autobiographical film about his life as a young boy and teenager, tracking his beginnings as a filmmaker. The announcement continued a trend of directors making movies about their childhoods, from Alfonso Cuaron's Roma to Kenneth Branagh's Belfast. Spielberg claimed his movie had been in the works since 1999, but it was the COVID pandemic that allowed him the time to finally create the script with Tony Kushner. The movie didn't have a title at the time, but the only thing John Williams fans wanted to know was whether Spielberg would bring back his composer again after two films without Williams. We wouldn't get that answer until, perhaps not by coincidence, the day before John Williams' 90th birthday. The trade magazine Variety was the first to report that Williams was indeed writing the score for Spielberg's movie, now called The Fablemans. This is a movie that was very likely to be the final collaboration between John Williams and Steven Spielberg, and Williams essentially confirmed that a couple of months later, saying he would retire from film scoring after completing work on The Fablemans in 2022 and the fifth Indiana Jones movie in 2023. At this point in life, it's a long commitment to me, Williams told Variety in June 2022 about the long time frame of working on a film score. He said he's going to continue to write music for the concert hall, which I would imagine also requires a long commitment, but no pressure of deadlines. So, with The Fableman set to be the final time John Williams and Steven Spielberg would work together on a film, the anticipation was sky high. Williams recorded the score after he returned from Vienna for another weekend of concerts at the Music Verin in March 2022. Clearly, John Williams had so much fun conducting there that he had to do it again. One might think Williams was singularly focused on the score for the Fablements through the early months of 2022, but the movie that Spielberg presented to Williams did not require much original music and therefore not a lot of work. 
All told, there is less than 30 minutes of original music in this movie that runs about 200 minutes. As for the film itself, it's not a masterpiece at the level of Jaws or E.T. or Schindler's List, but there is a lot of love and heart put into the movie, and Spielberg did well with his cast. What I appreciated about the movie, as was the case with many of these biographical films that directors were making, is that it's not really about them growing up to be filmmakers, because we already know those stories. The Fablements obviously come the closest to showing us the beginnings of a filmmaking career, but it's really about the family that helps shape a life. So, with a very small amount of music to write and record for The Fablements, John Williams was free to stay busy with concert conducting in 2022. And for a man who was 90 years old, John Williams seemed to be as busy or busier than he was in his 50s, 60s, or 70s. In 2022 alone, he traveled to nearly a dozen cities in the U.S. and Europe for full concerts or special appearances. One of those special appearances came at the Star Wars Celebration event in Anaheim, California in May. If you've seen the video on YouTube, it's obvious that no one in attendance knew that John Williams would come on stage and conduct some of his Star Wars music, which was celebrating the 45th anniversary of Star Wars. And there was an extra bonus for everyone. He conducted the world premiere performance of a special theme he wrote for the new Disney Plus series about Obi-Wan Kenobi in the years between Revenge of the Sith and Star Wars. This was a new theme for Obi-Wan, created by Williams because he said, quote, I never wrote a theme for Obi-Wan, and this was my opportunity to do that, end quote. For years, we had equated the music we know as the Force theme as the theme for Obi-Wan, and perhaps that is not correct. The theme made its premiere at the Star Wars Celebration one day before the series started streaming on Disney+.
when I first heard the theme as it played during the opening of each episode, and a few times throughout each episode, I was not surprised that it lacked the heroism that many of the Star Wars themes have. At this point in his life, Obi-Wan is a bit battle-weary, though there is a big adventure awaiting him, so the trumpets exemplify that. But there's a deep reflection in the music, something that was a part of the character when Ewan McGregor and Alec Guinness played it. After fans drooled over this official theme for Obi-Wan, attention turned to discussion of what music we'd hear in the Fablements. No one had seen a frame of film, but expected there to be hints of music from past Spielberg films. A whisper of Jaws, maybe? Maybe the five tones from Close Encounters? Or if there was a scene involving bicycles, a variation of the flying theme from E.T. But we get none of that in this score. It's all piano-based, very gentle and filled with compassion for the subject matter. I counted at least three scenes that could have used Grand Williams' musical touches, but they had no music underneath. One of those scenes was the one where we are introduced to the pet monkey. It was full of comedy, and my ears were ready for something musically comedic from Williams. Perhaps he did write something for the scene, or maybe Spielberg expressly forbid Williams from overdoing it on the score. Michelle Williams plays Mitzi Fableman, the matriarch of the family. Like Spielberg's real mother, she's a classically trained professional pianist, and it's only natural that the score lean heavily on the piano. Michelle Williams plays several classical pieces throughout the film from composers such as Muzio Clemente, Frederick Kluhlau, and Joseph Haydn. And when John Williams' music comes in with the film's melody, the piano is the key instrument. Though this theme is played early on whenever Mitzi is in the scene, I don't think it's specifically her theme. It's really a theme for the entire family. The moment I heard this theme played in the movie, my mind immediately pictured John Williams' fingers performing it. 
The last time he played piano on a score was for Schindler's List, almost 30 years earlier. And I wondered if Spielberg made a request that Williams play these delicate pieces. But the credits confirmed that it was Joanne Pierce Martin on the piano. Pierce Martin had never been credited on a film score before The Fablemans, but she'd been a part of the L.A. Philharmonic since 2001 as the principal pianist. So her credentials are more than stellar, and perhaps the plan was to have a woman perform the theme to give that feminine quality inherent with the female character it almost always accompanies. The first main music cue of the movie does not come in until about 40 minutes, and it's probably the highlight of the score. It comes when the family goes camping in the Arizona mountains, and Mitzi is inspired to dance in front of the car's headlights. Her oldest child, Sammy, finds some inspiration and begins filming her dance, which is part ballet, part improvisation. This time, the main theme has a dreamlike quality, thanks to the music being played on the keyboard instead of the piano. Though Mitzi's husband, Bert, is usually portrayed as being uptight, He smiles as he watches his wife perform for the family. Another highlight music cue in the film comes near the end, when the Fablemans move into their new home in Northern California after almost a year of living in a rented house. The visuals are happy as we see home movie footage of the family exploring the house. The music, though, is quite sad. It's a lonely piano followed by somber strings, an interesting juxtaposition that doesn't feel right until you see Mitzi outside the house unwilling to go inside as she contemplates leaving the family to return to Arizona. 
The tone of the music really makes its point as it follows into the next scene when Bert and Mitzi announce their divorce. Listening to the music without the visuals, it breaks your heart. When it's paired with these two scenes, I was moved to tears. Any other composer might have given us uplifting music for the scene in the new home, then shifted gears on a dime for the divorce announcement scene. But Williams was able to read the true feeling of both scenes and melded them together musically. Not long after this divorce, Sammy has moved to Los Angeles with his father and is trying to find work in Hollywood. One day, he gets a letter from CBS with a job offer to work on Hogan's Heroes. That letter offers up a tender moment between Sammy and Bert, who have been at odds pretty much the entire film over Sammy's desire to become a filmmaker. Bert finally lets Sammy fly free to pursue his dreams, and the moment is depicted with great tenderness by John Williams.
Only at the end of the movie is John Williams allowed to open up the orchestra. There's a great unscored scene between Sammy and the legendary filmmaker John Ford, and after some advice from the four-time Oscar-winning director, Sammy walks down a row of buildings on the CBS lot. There's a brief moment of reflection portrayed in the strings and keyboard before the plucked strings follow Sammy as he begins his journey to what we now know to be a great career. The piano performance you hear at the 45-second mark begins the lengthy end credits music. It's an excerpt from Joseph Haydn's Sonata No. 48, which transitions wonderfully into the film's main theme on the keyboard, performed by Robert Thieves.
After this piece, the music continues with a performance on the guitar. There hadn't been a guitar performance anywhere in the main body of the score, so the inclusion here is a bit jarring. On the soundtrack release, it's called Mother and Son, and plays through the end of the credits. I want to go back and talk about a scene that takes place very early in the movie. It's young Sammy's first foray into movie making, after he's made a short film that replicates the train crash scene he saw in The Greatest Show on Earth at the movie theater. This montage shows Sammy dressing up his sisters in mummy outfits or putting them in weird makeup to create horror scenes. It's a fun-paced sequence that features the piano in a vaudeville style. If this music was written by John Williams, it's not included on the official soundtrack release. If it is previously written, I'm not sure where it comes from. But it was my second favorite musical moment of the film, apart from the dance scene. After The Fablemans made its world premiere at the Toronto Film Festival in September 2022, critics mentioned John Williams' music as a highlight of the film. Dazzling and charming were two words I noticed in the reviews. But because critics weren't ready to heap loads of praise on the film, nor were they looking to bash it, the public wasn't sure if they wanted to see this movie. The Fablemans was considered a flop when it opened on Thanksgiving weekend, making just $3 million. 
After three weeks in wide release, the movie has made only $7 million, which puts it in line with The Post from 2017 as one of Spielberg's lowest moneymakers. The box office didn't have any negative effect on The Fablemans when the Golden Globe nominations were announced on December 12th. The movie received five nominations, including John Williams' 25th original score nomination. This is likely to be his last Golden Globe nomination, so perhaps it can turn into win number five for the maestro. And when the Academy Award nominations are announced in mid-January 2023, it's very likely that John Williams will earn nomination number 53 for the score. John Williams probably took a minute to celebrate his 25th nomination, which only extended his Golden Globes nomination record. He's been busy putting the final touches on his score for the fifth, and let's hope final, Indiana Jones movie, which is coming out in summer 2023. We don't have to wonder if John Williams is writing music for this movie. In September, at his annual Hollywood Bowl concerts, he conducted the world premiere of a theme he wrote for Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character named Helena. I usually go to this concert every September, but I decided against going this year and regretted it the minute I learned of this world premiere performance. I don't listen to John Williams' film music until I hear it first in the movie, but I would have loved to be in the audience to cheer on this unexpected performance.
Since we don't really know much about Helena the character, we can only glean that she's not a bold and brash adventurer like Indy, or playful like Short Round. And since she's played by a woman who is more than 30 years younger than Harrison Ford, let's hope she's not a love interest either. I'm not sure about the theme and what it's meant to convey. I think it's a beautiful composition, but I'm going to hold off on judging it more until I hear it juxtaposed with its character on film. And then I'll give you more thoughts on an episode of The Baton after Indy 5 comes out. And once that film unspools in theaters, John Williams fans will likely mourn the end of an illustrious film career that gave us 109 film scores. Or maybe not. Before conducting a concert in Milan, Italy in mid-December, John Williams gave an interview to the Italian newspaper Corriere della Sera, saying, quote, I promised myself it, meaning the Fablemans, would be the last score. He, Steven Spielberg, is already talking to me about a new film and a graphic novel. We'll see. The reality is, I don't know if quitting is a good idea. You can't say no to Steven. Perhaps selfishly, I hope Spielberg can convince his composer to do just one more score. But if not, The Fablemans would be a better way to close out this collaboration than when we originally thought their final film together was going to be The Post. This film seems like a proper end to their partnership. Well, friends, this has been a great return to this show. Thank you so much for listening, and I'm so glad you came back after two years away. Until next time, the baton is down. Thank you.